Podcasters Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. In my darkness, set me free. And I hear the Spirit calling me. Hello, this is Pastor Shane Eidelman of Westside Christian Fellowship. Because pastoring can be difficult, challenging, and exhausting, Pastors Unplugged is specifically designed to encourage those in pastoral ministry. I hope you enjoy this episode of Pastors Unplugged. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of this time we're going this route, Pastors Unplugged. Of course, if you're not a pastor, you can listen in. Um, or if you're um, in Christian leadership, this will be beneficial. Uh, and if you're not, um, just maybe just someone listening, definitely send it to your pastor or someone you know in Christian leadership. And it's going to be a real short podcast, actually, this morning uh, or in the evening, whenever you're listening to this. I'm not sure exactly when. But the topic is something, the title is Get Unction or Get Out of the Pulpit. Get Unction or Get Out of the Pulpit. Number one, the title is Shock Value, of course. Uh, like, whoa, wow, is he serious? Um, I am serious, but it'll be encouraging. Let me get to that. I actually didn't come up with that phrase. Leonard Ravenhill said it when he was um, meeting with, I think he was meeting with a pastor many years ago, probably 40 plus years ago now. And, uh, you know, the pastor said something like, along the lines of, um, you know, we can't get all the, the deacons to come to the, we can't get deacons to come to the prayer meeting. And that's when he said, fire the deacons, get a new deacon board. And um, there's a lot of truth to that for sure, because those serving need to be those leading in the area of, of spiritual health first and foremost, and then physical work. Second, a lot of times people become workers and not worshipers. You've got to become a worshiper, a lover of God and seeking him fill with the spirit. And then out of that will flow the work. That's the way to keep that healthy balance. But anyway, he went on to say to pastors gathering pastors conference, he exhorted them. He said, get unction and all your, and all you're getting, get unction or get out of the pulpit. And what he's talking about there is, um, you know, there's a time and a place for some hard words and where we see our nation at today, where we see the church at today, the wokeness, the gaslighting, the capitulation, uh, the cancel culture, silent churches, rainbow flag churches. I mean, it's a very true statement. It's a very profound and powerful statement, especially where America is at today. And what he means by that unction, uh, it's kind of a controversial term, but it shouldn't be. The Bible is crystal clear that there is something special, something unique, something life changing, uh, something authoritative that happens to a believer, even a believer, but more importantly, and I didn't say more importantly, but just as importantly, and, and actually more importantly for the, the calling that God has given them for a pastor or a Christian leader to have the Holy Spirit come upon them. And the Bible talks about the spirit alongside of us. It's where they, they get the word paraclete from that, that first four P A R A para is coming alongside. It's a preposition. And then the Holy Spirit is in a believer. E-N, actually, not I-N. E-N is a preposition in Greek. And then there's another word, epi, E-P-I. You'll see throughout the New Testament, and the Holy Spirit came upon Peter. The Holy Spirit came upon even Jesus. The Holy Spirit came upon Paul. <clears throat> and so it's this, it's this coming upon is the really the life changer, the difference maker, the 
restructuring of your sermons, your sermons hitting the heart and not just the head, the productiveness, the fruitfulness of your ministry all comes from this. And I think it was William Steele, S-T-I-L-L. Um, he was a preacher and he just didn't, and you know it, you know it when you have it, you know it when you're lacking it. When I'm talking about the unction, the anointing, the overfilling power, the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit in your life comes upon your preaching, you know it. And you don't, you know, it when it's absent and you would give anything to have it back. Sometimes God gives us seasons of just grinding it out, even being faithful when we don't feel something. Uh, but often you do feel the unction of the spirit because it's the Holy Spirit coming upon the preacher. So anyway, William still, he realized something was missing in his life. And that's why I'm hoping many of you will, will, will realize something is missing in my life. Um, God's a consuming fire, bad for the unbeliever, good for the believer in the sense that God's fire. What does fire do? It consumes, it overwhelms, it annihilates, it brings heat. And so that fire of the spirit upon the heart of a preacher can really alter and shape and change his messages for, for the better. So anyway, he realized, William still realized he was missing a lot in his preaching. And um, he said, you know, I, I'm missing that fire. Lord, how do I get it? And he realized his sermons were perfectly prepared. You know, they had the, the there's something where they teach um, her, homiletics, study the Bible, hermeneutics, sermon preparation, uh, which is really, I mean, it's good stuff to have for sure, the knowledge of it. So anyway, he followed all the laws of hermeneutics, three powerful points, the application, the introduction, the systematic joining of each principle, the powerful conclusion, maybe a poem in there somewhere. And uh, he just threw all of his sermons into the fire and he received the fire of God. The reason was he he was not going to base his sermons anymore on his intellect and his ability. Very prideful, very arrogant. Look at this. Look how astute I am. Look at how great of a theologian I am. Look at how great of a teacher I am. And I can captivate the audience. He threw all of that into the fire and said, God, I need the fire of your spirit. I'm broken. I'm humble before you. And boy, did he ever receive that. And now we hear of William Steele. Without that, we would have never heard of William Steele. Same thing with D.L. Moody. I can take you D.L. Moody's life. Uh, same, Even contemporaries, uh, Adrian Rogers, who he did pass away probably 15 years ago now. But, you know, this mighty doom of the Holy Spirit. Um, and A.W. Tozer, um, even in my own life, you know, when I came back to the Lord. So here's how it works. Obviously, you have all of the Holy Spirit at conversion. Not too many people argue that. I definitely don't argue against that. You're converted. You have the Holy Spirit. But how much of you does the Holy Spirit have? That's the difference. So if you're a pastor and you're like, well, you know, yes, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I'm a Christian, but I'm going to, I'm going to do things my way. I'm not really teachable. I'm not humble. I'm arrogant. I don't get a lot of time in God's word. I prepare my sermon for pop psychology. I watch a lot of YouTube. I watch a lot of Netflix. I'm a Netflix, Netflix binger and I'm not a prayer warrior. I'm not, a, I'm not a, a pressing in a prayer closet guy. Then you are going to have little unction, if any, because what you're doing is you're quenching and grieving the spirit. And so back to the topic, Leonard Ravenhill said, get that unction or get out of the pulpit because dead men kill and dead men give out dead sermons and people need spiritual life into them. Uh, and or what I would say is don't get out of the pulpit, get in the prayer closet and get filled with the Holy Spirit and then come back to your congregation. Even if you have to take a week off, two weeks off, a month off, a sabbatical, you're praying and you're fasting saying, Lord, 
I've got to have this. I've got to have the spiritual power, not for power's sake, right? Like powerful preacher. And I got this. No, it's a broken, humble vessel that the Holy Spirit comes upon and anoints and gives them the unction to deliver God's word in very powerful and profound ways. And this why from your sermon, you'll have some application. That application will begin to minister to people in the audience, uh, the balcony, wherever you're at. And that application, because the Holy Spirit of God is within you. And as you're reading God's word, meditating on God's word, God's putting the sermon together. He's getting your heart right. God prepares the messenger, you, before you prepare the message. And as that message is going out, now it's touching hearts. Now it's hitting hearts. Now, of course, you could just read the word of God, give a few points of application, and it's so powerful and profound that it will change lives without a shadow of a doubt, of course. Uh, but I believe when it says, the Bible says the spirit gives, the, the letter kills, just the letter alone. I mean, the Pharisees are a great example of this. The letter alone kills. It's the spirit who gives life. It's that spiritual aspect upon the life of, uh, the life of a preacher. And I remember reading, I think it was like a hundred and some years ago, um, when they would call a pastor, many of these Methodist churches, these, these revival fire churches, they wouldn't say, okay, you know, where did he get his degree? You know, was it Westminster Theological Seminary? Was it, you know, Princeton, Yale? Uh, many of those were, were seminaries back then. I don't know how far back then. Actually, don't quote me on that one. But anyway, they wouldn't say, where did he get his degree? They would ask, has he received his baptism of fire? Has he received his baptism of fire? And so many watching this or listening to it later, you'll be saying, amen, amen. Oh my goodness. Is that not so true? But many of you, I think will be equally convicted. You might even tune me out. You might even turn this off because you're missing that fire. You're missing that anointing. You're missing that unction. You're missing filling the power and presence of God when you're at that pulpit. Now, there are times when it, I don't feel anything. I'm not there for a feeling. I'm there to seek God regardless. I'm a diligently seek him. And he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, even when they don't feel like him. But there's something from time to time. I mean, quite often, you know, you'll get to a text and the spirit of God just comes upon you and you elaborate on that text. You speak to hearts. You speak to to, 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 to our nation. You speak to those in, in the audience or maybe those listening later. And there's this, 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 um, electricity, this dynamite, a fire. And that's when you'll often hear people say, I could have kept listening to your messages. I was on the edge of my seat. I didn't want it to end. And that's why other pastors have to stop at 25 or 30 or 35 minutes because their, their, their audience is yawning and falling asleep and they got to get them out before they lose, completely lose their attention span. And see that what's the difference? This guy can go an hour and 10 minutes. This guy goes 30 minutes. This guy keeps his audience. This guy loses them, loses them after seven, eight minutes. Also, when you're speaking to young adults, to teenagers, that Holy Spirit can grab them. It can make things applicable to them. It can, it can pier, it can pierce uh, their interests or pique their interests, I should say, or pierce their hearts and the Holy Spirit's grabbing. And so without unction, I wouldn't want to dare preach the word of God. I could be a motivational speaker, but I wouldn't even want to touch the pulpit without the unction, the Holy Spirit upon the preaching. Again, sometimes, sometimes there's hard sermons where my Lord, I did not feel much at all, but that's okay. I don't trust my feelings. People are benefit. They were blessed. They love certain parts of it. 
And um, maybe the Holy Spirit was upon me during the sermon prep, um, but not necessarily as much on me during the preaching. You know, it could be either either of those areas. And again, we're not after feelings. Oh, I felt this. I felt the Holy Ghost. I felt these goosebumps. But it's nice. It's nice. And you guys know what I'm talking about if you've experienced this. And if you haven't, then you want to, where you, the, the Word of God just comes alive. And there's more. you have more passion than you've ever had before. You're leading people to the throne room of grace. You're preaching on repentance. You're seeing sinners come and get converted. You're talking about revival and, oh, God, rend the heavens, awaken your people, and the power of God is upon you, and it's life-changing, it's life-shattering, it's, it's life-altering, and it's, it's, it's profound. And so instead of saying, get, get unction or get out of the pulpit, I would say get, get, get unction. Well, yeah, I guess get out of the pulpit if you're not going to get the unction. But I would say in order to get unction, get in the prayer closet. Here's how you get unction is you humbly admit to God, I don't have it all dialed in. I'm not that great of a preacher or speaker without your presence and spirit upon my life. Lord, I need you. It's not about great sermon prep, and let me impress the people with my hermeneutics and homiletics. And I even used a deductive approach to my sermon preparation this morning. And, and, uh, um, I want to get rid of all that arrogance, all that pride, Holy Spirit, Spirit of the living God. I need you to speak through me profoundly and boldly. And then you're also going to confront the issues of the day. You're going to confront what's going on in our churches. You're going to confront what's going on in our culture. Boldness is going to be a byproduct of the Holy Spirit. Now, you might not be political like a lot of maybe other people. You might stay in your wheelhouse, but your wheelhouse is going to have some amount of practical application to what is going on in our society because God's word is written so people would know how to live. Know how to live when? 2,000 years ago? Know how to live now. Right now. So we're going to need some practical application on spending. We're going to need to address, you know, where cryptocurrency or the border issues or gay marriage or respect for marriage act or the abortion industry or the sex trafficking. The word of God speaks to these issues. And when you have unction and you have boldness, you're not going to avoid them. And see, that's what happens. Many pastors are avoiding these topics. Why? Because they don't have the unction and the boldness of the Holy Spirit. So instead, they're going this way, and they're like, people's opinions, I don't want to upset people. I don't want to get political and upset the Democrats or the Republicans or the independents or my big givers. And I know that person's not going to be happy. That person's not dressing modest, modesty, modestly. And I'm not going to teach on modesty too hard or sexual purity. I don't want to upset. I don't want to upset. So don't want to upset. You're pleasing man. But when you're filled with the spirit of God, you have the unction of the spirit in you. You're going to please God rather than man. So I would say if, yeah, if you're not going to get unction, then find a different profession. Absolutely. Uh, if you're just going through the motions because you're not going to help people as much as you think without the Holy Spirit of God upon your preaching, because you'll tell people things they probably shouldn't hear. You'll probably give them bad counsel. Uh, if you're, if you're really missing that critical mark here. And a lot of people who don't have the Holy Spirit might not even be saved. And there's pastors. I, I am convinced now that I know pastors who are not even saved. Uh, they, 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 they were raised in a church. Uh, they said you should be a pastor. They became a pastor. Their parents were pastors. They know about Jesus intellectually. He was a good guy, a good teacher. I'm a good guy. I want to help people. And so I'm a pastor. And that's why they are often drifting in a very dangerous direction into wokeness, liberal theology, rainbow flag theology, and it's because they don't know God. They, they, the Holy Spirit is not going to let you deviate too far off the path. He's going he's gonna to bring his prodigal son home. You're going to get sick of eating with the pigs and uh, realize you need to run back to the Father. So anyway, I hope that was an encouragement. 
in my own life, I became a believer, I believe around 12 years old. And uh, there was no grounding. My dad wasn't a Christian. My mom was just coming out of, of, of Roman Catholicism and really became an evangelical, spirit-filled believer. And so I had that, but I wanted to, you know, follow after my dad, you know, tough guy kind of thing. And so got in with the wrong crowd, you know, for many years, 15, 16, 17. I, I gave my testimony. You can, if you put my testimony, Shane Eidelman testimony, that will come up on YouTube. Um, and just God broke me. Uh, finally took almost till age 29, I believe 1998, 90. Yeah. About age 29 or so finally broke me. And, um, humbled me and I cried out to God and I said, Lord, I need you. Re- genuine repentance filled the spirit of God. Oh my gosh. I'll never forget that day. I remember the couch. I remember where I was. I remember the street, the house and uh, the word of God came alive. The boldness. I turned off my country music and I put on worship and, and there's a process and it still took almost a decade for me to start pastoring a church because there's a lot of work that had to be done in that broken vessel, you know, and there's still a lot of work that has to be done. So also want to encourage you, be encouraged. Nobody's mastered this area. You can be more filled with the Holy Spirit than possibly I can in months from now, if I were not to keep that fire burning and you can get back in the center of God's will today with repentance. Lord, I've, 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 I've caved in. I've embraced woke theology. I've went kind of liberal in my theology and I've got away from the strong doctrines of the faith and repentance and, and judgment and, and God's wrath and propitiation and the blood of Christ. And I've avoided all of those things. God, I am sorry. Holy Spirit, would you come back profoundly into my heart, into my life, even though I know you're already there, but I've been quenching and grieving you. God, I need the boldness of the Spirit. I need that power. I need that anointing. I need that unction, no matter what the cost. And be careful because it will cost you. The anointing costs something. The rep- your reputation among your friends, your well-polished sermons, you're not wanting to offend, uh, devotional life, fasting, denying the flesh, seeking God, Praying, deep praying, deep, deep yearning and calling out to God and, oh, God, would you rend the heavens and come down and visit your people that we can rejoice in you. And like Joel, you'll cry out, call a sacred assembly, come into God's house. Let's cry out to God in these dire times, because I truly believe that it's going to be spirit filled pastors who are going to help lead this nation in the direction it's going. Now, that might be that might mean hell in a handbasket. The Titanic has been struck, but at least we'll be putting people on lifeboats. As it goes down, I don't know what it means. I'm praying and contending for a spiritual awakening, but God more than anything else is going to use his spirit filled pastors and leaders to lead the nation in these dire times. And then he's going to have spirit filled believers come alongside of them and all of them in unison, be that voice of truth, expose the unfruitful works of darkness, and then entrust in God's sovereignty, whatever that means, wherever that takes us. Additional support, you can visit my website, shaneidleman.com, where I will also write about many of the topics that we will be discussing. Sermons and free downloads of my books are also available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. That's westsidechristianfellowship.org. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. 
Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality in Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these ebooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.